Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Foul Line Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Sterlazzi, as always. And today is a very special edition of the Foul Line Podcast, as we have actually a very special guest. Feel free to introduce yourself, sir. Uh, what's up? I'm Zeke Blauner. I'm a sophomore here at Springfield College, and I'm on the basketball team here. Uh, I just want to take a second and thank you for doing this. Um, you have no idea how special and important to me this is to having an athlete actually come on and kind of talk about and kind of get the sense of how both of us are into sports. Both of us love sports. You're a big basketball guy. You play. I love the sport of basketball, but we both have very different, um, I guess what you could say, uses for it. You 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 prepare for, for basketball to play. I prepare to watch. So I'm very excited because this is going to be very interesting to see how, you know, an athlete and a aspiring podcaster slash journalist is going to be. So I wanted to start this off talking um, about you. Uh, so obviously you are a guard on the basketball team, right? Yep. And this is your second year. Yep. You guys, did you guys play last year? Uh, no, we didn't actually. Uh, we were supposed to have four games, but two of our teammates ended up catching COVID before the game. So our season got canceled. But we did practice the whole year that year, and we were putting in great work, great effort in the whole pra- in all of practicing, but just didn't get to uh, showcase that. So. And how was that um, for you guys? That must have been pretty hard. Oh yeah, no, uh, it was it was draining. Don't get me wrong, having practices every day, uh, every weekend, playing against each other, just different, just different teams, different styles of play. Uh, it got to some of us. It got to some of us just because we were so eager and just so ready to play, but we didn't get the chance to. So Well, you guys could play against each other only so many times to the point to where it just doesn't get repetitive anymore. I mean, <laughs> you know. I mean, yeah. I, and I feel like that, that kind of it's a bi- that's a big thing i feel like that would happen especially with you know I, I i'm friends with a bunch of guys on the football team here and i lived with a football player last year and he was just depressed a yeah. lot and it was you guys were just practicing right like practicing scrimmages lift yeah. just preparing for nothing so what do you do at that point mentally to where like you know you're preparing to do nothing you're not playing against anybody you have that no one no one knows it's not like anybody has a definite answer as to when you guys are going to play it's based off of the whole pandemic yeah so how do you stay invested mentally to do that for a whole year well um basically well what i did and what some of my teammates did was after each week, we pretty much just kept on thinking, that, oh, we're going to have a game next week, so let's just get ready. Let's get ready and get prepared for uh, pretty much everything, like get our plays in, get our sets in, pretty much know where we're supposed to be on the court. So that was what we were doing pretty much every week, just trying to um, pretty much just think and th- just pretty much think about uh, if we have a game next week because that's the only thing that kept some of us motivated. Yeah. Like. Some of us were just either going through the motions at some points or some of us were really going hard just because we had a game, like a, or a hopeful game for next week. So yeah. that's, that's pretty much what we did. That's, that's it's honestly the best way that you could do it. I mean, I mean the, the best way that I guess for anybody to either they're hurt or they physically can't compete or anything, just prepare to like you're still, you still can. 
you know, I, I, it's honestly the best way to stay in tip top shape, especially, especially mentally too. Cause you know, you, there's only so much repetitive repetitiveness that happens with practice and basketball. Like, you know, the, the final line drill gets pretty freaking boring <laughs> after the next 700 times you do it, I bet. So, yeah. So, you know, I'm a big basketball guy and I love it. But one thing I do like to ask people that also love it, how come you love it? What made you fall into, what made you fall in love with the game? I mean, basketball's pretty much just been in my hands since I was like a little kid. I've always looked up to my older brother because he's pretty much played every single sport that I have. Mm. And basketball's just always stuck out just because it's a fast paced game. You could show off a little, but at the same time, you're like team oriented. So you yeah. want to see everybody score, you want to see everybody win. So that's pretty much how I fell in love with it. But then I got more serious into it around like third grade, just because that's when some like some people start actually uh, scouting for AAU teams yeah. at such a young age to where when you're in elementary school, like you're basically starting the business aspect of basketball. Yeah. Like you're starting the whole AAU process. And then from AAU, you have to go to college. But during that AAU process, there are certain teams that like you would want to play on just yeah. because they get certain recognition, certain scouts. But the only way you can get on that team is from either someone scouting you to be on that team or from someone reaching out to you to play for that team. Yeah, so you see guys like you see like, you know, LeBron James' son and all these kids they're playing on like the best AAU select teams in the world, mm-hmm. you know? And then there's kids for instance like you that have to work for that. I have friends from home that throughout their whole high school career played AAU basketball, especially when high school wasn't going on. Back where I'm from in North Shore, they have a program called Evolution which is where they run it, run just constant basketball for everything. And there have been – I know a girl who went Division two to Assumption. You know, I, I know a kid who plays uh, Division three at, you know, New England University. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's definitely – I feel like it's definitely a benefit, but at the same time, it's killing you guys. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, AAU is certainly draining. Yes. Because it's like I, – I actually remember this was my sophomore year. I had a tournament in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like then I had another back then I had a back to back tournament in that same city, and then from there we went to Jersey to Atlantic City, then from Jersey we went to Maryland, from Maryland we went to North Carolina, and so AAU during the summer is just basically you're traveling every single week to different city playing basketball to get your name out to get your name out to go to college exactly to just play more in college yeah but that whole like situation that whole time of playing AAU is certainly gets to you just because it's like oh. What if I don't play good this week? Exactly. Like scouts are gonna mark my name off as not good or yeah. can't play at this level. Then when you go to a different tournament and you do show out, then you don't get the same recognition as you did like or as like or the same recognition as others. Exactly. It's just like AAU is certainly draining yeah. and it certainly it certainly um, makes kids quit. Yeah. Yeah. I was just about to say that could, that you know it's stuff like that stuff like that it's it could be. <laughs> it could be the biggest, you know, opportunity for kids that put the work in whatever to showcase their talents. That's great. But then you also have the same kid going out the same amount of hours, doing the same exact drills that this kid's getting all the attention for, and he plays bad one game. Next thing you know, he's quitting. Exactly. You know, it, 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 I feel like it has its benefits, but at the same time, it makes kids – like, that's why personally for me, whenever I did – when I played sports at high school, I never 
went above and beyond more than I needed to just because I knew I wasn't at that level. I wasn't committed like that. So, like, I played lacrosse in high school, and I just played during the spring. Didn't do select. I didn't, you know, I picked up my stick over the winter, but I never put in the extra effort just because I knew I didn't want to, you know, or I knew I wasn't good enough, <laughs> you know. I, 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 did, I didn't need a scout to tell me I wasn't. <laughs> but you have these kids, too. It's just it's crazy, man. I, I just feel like that's the thing with social media, too. I feel like social media, if you have a kid, so, like, do you know Mikey Williams? I mean, like, yeah. Obviously. If that kid, social media has made that kid into the most popular high school player in the country right now. I mean, yeah. And he's not even in college yet. No, the kid signed a whole Puma deal. The kid signed up in in high school. But that's the thing now, though. So, like, social media has, one, it's been a positive effect on basketball but at the same time there's so many negative drawbacks that like it like people really don't understand because it's like oh they're gonna be like for example michael williams there's yep. so many so many news outlets at his games yes. there's so many like slam ball is life overtime yep YouTube, they're everywhere like, youtubers that don't even like that people don't even know but are there just to get mikey williams yep. content like they're there and if he performs bad they're not gonna show it, nope. but certain people will show his mistakes. Exactly. And those people that shows like show the mistakes that he made, then there's gonna be a whole side of all right. Maybe the kid's not even that. Maybe he's just too hyped. Maybe oh, it's because he was playing on LeBron's like uh, Suns, Suns team. team. Yeah. Like the, these kids put in the work just to either get to that level mm-hmm. or the, it's either they quit because of social media and the amount of hate that people have been put, like that have put on them, or it's just because scouts and just the whole process of basketball just is getting way too much for these kids to where it's like they don't know to where they can't handle it or they make it to the league and they're terrible yeah they can't they can't take it there's know? some people like that where like there there is a there's about jalen hands for example yeah. insane high school player mm-hmm. right i thought he was gonna be nasty committed mm-hmm. to ucla high I'm school like, mixtape was crazy. high school exactly this kid was insane he was getting compared if, to if anybody has ever heard of jalen hands Look his uh, look up his high school mixtape. Mm-hmm. When I was in high school, when I was a sophomore or junior, I forget what year he committed to UCLA. I was like, wow. I was like, this kid is nice. Went to UCLA. It's average. Average. Average, average guard. Yeah, average. You know, standard college guard, yeah. like thirteen, four and four. Mm-hmm. You know, last pick in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. Just got cut by the Nets immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because it's like, this kid was like, and now. Nobody talks about him. No. I have not heard a single thing about Jalen Hands. That's the thing about basketball culture and social media. You have that one kid, that one revolutionary talent. So right now it's Bronny, Zaire Wade, and Mikey Williams, right? Any one of those are going to flop. I guarantee you it's not going to be Bronny <laughs> just because. Yeah. But if any one of those flop, we're not going to hear about them no. anymore. Mikey Williams, Mikey Williams is the prime example of if he flops, he flops. Yep. No one's going to talk about him ever again. Think about it. As like the time we're in right now, in order to get that stardom, like that fame that Mikey Williams has, mm-hmm. you have to have either like the look, the athleticism, both, or even is just like your overall just attitude towards the game. Yeah. Some kids, some kids are really competitive, and some people love that. Yeah. Or you're at, or you're just a freak athlete that performing highlight plays. Exactly. So it's like it's one or the other. Look at like Leangelo. Leangelo Ball, for example. 
star high school player. Mm -hmm. He was probably underrated out of the three. I would say underrated. He was very underrated. He's a great shooter. He's a shooter. He was a shooter at Chino Hills. Mm Mm-hmm. Just didn't get the opportunity. Didn't get that. Well, he did. I mean, he just blew he it. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why you're shoplifting when you go to UCLA and your dad owns Big Baller Brand. But true. again, that's another example. It's just, I feel like two social media, especially Twitter, ruined NBA culture. It ruined did. ruined basketball it culture. Did. It just, if you're not averaging twenty ten and five, you're garbage now. Exactly. It's if you don't if you don't win an MVP, you're terrible now. And I and it's just like. Just social media and the whole, the whole thing of basketball in general, it just it ruins it for me. It ruins it. You yeah. know? I, I love NBA Twitter. I love it. Because I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Especially now with News Outs, ESPN Sports Center. Mm-hmm. It's the LeBron Fest, man. Yeah. It's the LeBron Fest. Yeah. So, um,. We kind of went off track talking about AAU, but the reason why I brought up AAU is because so you are originally from La Bronx, mm-hmm. correct? We talked about this before we actually started going uh, recording. So you originally went to Arsbury High School in New York. I went to Arsley. Arsley. Yeah. Arsley High School in New York, and then you transferred mm-hmm. to a private school, mm-hmm. and you were telling me this before, and it's because of the competition. Was you wanting to go from a public to a private school? You trying to make it to an AAU team trying to get scouts? Uh, Well, me pretty much going from a public to, like, a prep private school just because of competition, mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't more sort more towards, like, an AAU aspect. It was more towards, like, if I could, like, actually play at a certain level, if I could play, D, like, at a mid-major, low-major, D1, high-major to mid-major D2 or high-major D3. Like, yeah. I just wanted to see where my skill set was and then also pretty much just like help work on my body work on my athleticism and obviously work on my grades but the real reason why i went to that prep school was pretty much just to see where i'm at and if i could play basketball at the next level just because back in back in arsley back in westchester like it's not the competition is nothing like no You'll have like once in a blue moon. You'll have one kid who could go play, like who can go like to a D two. Yeah. But uh, primarily, you don't see that. Yeah. So I just didn't want to stay in a place where I feel like I'm gaining nothing out of playing basketball, and like just going through the motions. So when I went to that prep school, my eyes really opened up to the speed of the game, like the actual work I have to put into um, going to which division I want to. And pretty much just understanding the actual business aspect of college yeah. just because my coach would always talk to us about, like, knowing where like where you want to go, knowing yeah. knowing if you really like the school, if you don't like the school, or and also, like, talk, pretty much talking to the coaches, too. Because yeah. some coaches can, like, persuade you into coming to the school just because, oh, like, he wants that commit. Oh, definitely. But at the end of, like, at the end of the day, let's say if you commit to that uh, coach and he doesn't play you and he doesn't, like, really, like, like the style that you play in, it's like, why am I coming here? Exactly. And then it's like. It's too late. Yeah. It's too late. Yeah. So I actually found your stats from your high school season. Do you want to hear them? Sure. I was very. So you averaged 18 a game. Your season high was 32. Okay. You averaged four rebounds. 
three assists a game, five steals a game, three blocks in 33 games. He also averaged 59% from the field and 55% from three. So just reading that alone, you can ball. <laughs> but spring, so you obviously came here for basketball. Mm-hmm. What other schools reached out to you? Uh, I was at St. Michael's in Vermont. Mm-hmm. I took a visit to Monmouth in New Jersey. And then I went to Trinity in uh, Hart- Hartford. Mm. Uh, I was in contact with Nichols. Really? I, was, I went on a visit to Assumption. Really? Yeah. Wow. I was talking to Pace University. Uh, I was in contact with you, Tampa. Wow. Yeah. So, all those schools you just named off, why here? Uh, one, Coach Brock kept it hundred with me. Like, just kept it real from day one. Yeah. But then also the amount of support that they showed, because they were like his assistants were at every single practice. Every single game, they text me on breaks. They text me during the week during school to check up on how it was. So pretty much like having that sense of like uh, brotherhood and uh, family. Just mm. even though I wasn't a commit, and they just wanted to actually just see how I was like how I was doing in school, yeah. how I was doing in general. I was like, that's different because most coaches really wouldn't communicate to you like that. No. Like like no. all those schools I mentioned, they barely did. Like they would really only check in with me when, like when the season got towards the end and like oh like yeah, are you planning on committing exactly it was commitment time they yeah. just wanted your money yeah so I was like all right but then also like I chose I chose Springfield just because like when I got on the campus I was like all right like I yep. really don't want a big campus and exactly. I want something where I it's not like a twenty minute walk to exactly. somewhere everything is close but like it doesn't seem close so it's like all right it's like I have to walk somewhere but. <laughs> to walk 10 minutes literally <laughs> but that's the thing it's it's and just the culture of this place man it's, oh, yeah. it's it's an all athletic vibe and you can do what you love and nobody's gonna say yeah. anything yeah. like i back at home i never thought i'd be doing this like sitting across from you right now doing this so it, it's it's great and that that's really important for oh, yeah. especially are you are you close with your coach now yeah. 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 That's important, you know, especially during that recruitment process. You oh, wanna, yeah. you wanna be able to showcase a personable relationship because that's what builds chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what builds chemistry. That's what, that's what you guys need to win chemistry. Yeah. You yeah. guys, you guys need to know where you're, all of you are gonna be on the court, being able to be there for one another, and to showcase that from day one before you even showcase just says a lot. Yeah. But I feel like that's definitely the initiative that this school takes mm-hmm. takes is you know mind over mind over physical feeling i feel like they mm-hmm. can't like they springfield does a great job of you know making sure their athletes are okay oh yeah you know 100% and you know personally i i mean i i'm not an athlete so i can't say for myself but what does the school offer for you guys like academic wise like you guys are struggling. Do you mm-hmm. guys need help? So, uh, academic-wise, like, let's say if my coach notices that I'm struggling mm-hmm. in a certain uh, subject, he would pull me to the side at practice, pretty much ask me, like, hey, how are you doing in this class? I'll, I'll tell him, hey, uh, like, I'll tell him, hey, yeah, like, I'm struggling. Like, I don't understand certain topics. And then he would 
either text me or email me uh like a tutor that I could sign up for and that will help me throughout this whole process and so he did that last year and uh doing that this year with freshmen and still people like obviously his his like players on the team but that's like academic academic he just he's always on top of us just to make sure that we're pl- doing well in classes so we're eligible but also just to make sure that we're doing well in classes and if we need help yeah. uh then also like they provide us with uh athletic counselors mm. so when like freshman year uh i was assigned an athletic counselor yeah and pretty much we would meet like last year we met on zoom this yeah. year this year we meet in person but basically we just talk about like the player and yeah. talk about anything that the player wants to talk about that that he or she has on his mind and it could be literally anything like what you did last weekend like how you're feeling really so yeah like it's just your safe space to like talk to someone that's and like awesome, actually man. open up that's awesome yeah so they they assigned that to everybody yeah they signed that to on my team they signed that to everybody my coach makes all freshmen do it freshman year just wow. to just and to like have someone to talk to. Oh, yeah, much. that's important. You know, I always, I have always someone to talk to, no matter who it is. I don't care. I, you always need that one person. Yeah. And um, going off of that, I bet that was important for you guys last year, oh, yeah. especially because most of your classes are on Zoom, like mine, <laughs> I assume. Yeah. Just how how hard was that? I just want to know. Because from my personal standpoint, me not even being an athlete on here, I was having a difficult time trying to keep up with everything oh, yeah. just because it was terrible. So coming from you who actually needed to keep their grades up to play, how hard was that? Uh, it was it was kind of tough. I mean, last year I uh, really didn't like my major that much. Mm. So that made it a, a lot more difficult. That makes it tough. But um, – yeah, no, it was it was a lot. Like last year, starting at eight a.m., not ending till like three twenty. Yeah, and then from right after that class ends, book it to book it to the locker room, get ready for either lift or practice. After sitting in your room all day. Yeah, literally. <laughs> after sitting in room all day, like at my desk on my yep. computer for hours, mm-hmm. then having to have the uh, motivation just to go to practice and like yeah. perform at practice. <laughs> Like that after sitting all day, bro. It gets we. It literally got to my head a lot. Yeah. Cause like like I would find myself in the locker room just contemplating to myself like, do why I want it? Like this? yeah. Like why am I here right now? Yeah. Like we're not even playing. Like do I feel like I should do this right now? Yeah. And then like really not. See, last year I really didn't talk to anybody about it. Like I talked to like a few people about it, but mm-hmm. I really didn't want to talk about talk about it just cause I. Personally, I don't like opening up. I don't like showing, like... Yeah, you know, and, uh, yeah, I'm the complete opposite. If something's bothering me, I'm going to talk about it. And I kind of... I was kind of... I'm kind of like you. I was like you. It it took me a long time to kind of do that. But once I do, though, the possibilities are endless, man, for help. And, I mean, I, I I, I went home. I didn't even... I didn't even stay here, so me sitting on my computer all day I was like I'd much rather do that just from home did you, were you you were here over the spring right uh so actually around like April mm. April we found out that I mean in April we actually had those two covid uh two covid cases on our team oh, that with that right. uh canceled our season yes and so after that second time that it happened uh literally called my cousin he picked up 
I told him like, hey, like, can you pick me up from school? He was like, yeah, I got you tonight. Just get pretty much start packing like half of your room right now. So I packed half my room that day and went home. And I went home. I couldn't. I literally couldn't be on campus anymore. I was, cause in my head, I was like, why am I gonna be on campus if I'm not gonna be playing? If I'm not even gonna be doing anything? I was like, and they let you do that, huh? Yeah. So you did spring from home. Yeah. Like me. Wow. I had no idea. Yeah. No. I. I mean. <laughs> so it, that's crazy. So even you being an athlete, you still were like, no. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just, it was way too much. Like, wow, it was just messing with my head way too much because it was yeah. like, I haven't played a full game in like two years. Yeah. So it's like, that is just constantly in my head. And it's like, well, certainly at that point last year, it was like, all right, like, do I really want to do this? Or like, no, I'm saying, do I want to like continue basketball? But I'm saying like, do I want to be at this exactly. point like right now? Do you, do you, do you want to be in this situation exactly exactly yeah. it had nothing to do with the sport it, and also had nothing to do with the school it was just the situation that we were all in Literally. you know because school definitely did not want to cancel your season no, but, but it, it, for certain circumstances under the circumstances it had to be done and yeah. you know but you know definitely though for me going home was definitely a reset i oh. needed that 100 percent. because yeah. now being able to kind of go home, reset, and then come back to a whole different mm-hmm. environment. It's completely different from last oh, yeah. year. I'm, are you having a good time? Oh, no, I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah. you know, having this campus open is great. Oh, it's like, great. It's so much better than last it's year. It's so much different. It mm-hmm. feels like a whole entire new campus. Oh, 100%. But it, it makes, it makes you know, having the motivation to go and do stuff better. Yeah. Because I actually have something to go and look forward exactly. to now. But, exactly. Yeah. But, uh yeah, last year was tough. Last year was tough. Certainly tough. So while we're on the topic, let's talk about some ball really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you have winning the chip this year? Damn. This is tough. <laughs> yeah, this is tough. I have three picks. One of my picks is not going well because I'm biased and I don't want to talk about it. But I had the Celtics originally. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about <laughs> it. I don't want to talk about it. I mean, I want to say at this moment – I don't know who, but my teams, like, the teams that I actually I like watching right now, just because they're fun and they're exciting to watch right now, are the Chicago Bulls. Yep. They're really fun to watch now. Yep. Uh, I love actually love watching the Hornets. I watch a Hornets lot of Hornets. Hornets are a fun team to watch. Yeah, they're very, Miles Bridges, man. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Miles Bridges and LaMelo, that's a great LaMelo was slept on, duo. man. Oh, yeah, great duo. And they even, I love P.J. Washington. I love their young core. They, they they are solid and fun to watch and it's good too they're doing good. Oh yeah. Um I had I had Brooklyn but I mean after Kyrie said no yeah. I, I kind of want to say Milwaukee. I, I I could see like Milwaukee. I could see that because they've been there and they just won it but at the same time like LA's finally clicking now mm-hmm. after the first couple of weeks of you know kind of yeah. underperforming but <laughs> Mello can play again for some reason Mello wants to turn into <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Mello. Reason, nah see I feel like Mello wants to play now it's because he's finally with LeBron yeah been, well he's also on a team where he knows he can probably win a chip so he's like all right let me try because like you know Portland was great for him but like it wasn't the right it wasn't the right fit for him like he didn't want to come off the bench. No. And, I mean, it showed that in Houston. But once he finally took the bench role, I mean, he thrived in it. 
He's thriving in it now. I mean, think about it. I mean, personally, I just think he wanted to go to the Lakers just because just cause LeBron. I mean, just because they have had a friendship since high school. They've oh, been rivalries. Yeah. They've had like a rival, a rivalry, a rivalry in high school since like ever. Like yeah, and then Oak Hill versus St. Vincent St. Mary. It yeah. was LeBron versus Melo. Yep, that was the highlight of the whole game. Seeing yep. those two on the same court playing at the same time, That's having that camaraderie since like being 18 in the league and being in the league together. Then yeah, their friendship's gonna overpower like it's definitely special for him oh, too. Yeah. Definitely special for him. But yeah, Lakers yeah, Lakers I'm at the I have winning the whole thing. Probably I mean, honestly, it's to me it's gonna be either the Lakers or Milwaukee at this point. I mean I you know, it's Brooklyn, like I'm giving Brooklyn the benefit of the doubt because they have Kevin Durant, who in my opinion is the best player in the NBA right now. He's oh, yeah. the Best score in this league. What do you think of James Harden? I just need to hear. Do you think he's being exposed right now, or do you think he'll figure it out? Think both. You think both? Okay. I'm thinking both because certain like certain like defensive players know how to guard Harden, so they they'll expose his weaknesses so that all other teams could like see what to do to guard him. But at the same time, like. Once James realizes that, oh, they're going like, if either forcing me a certain way or yeah. doing a certain like like hedge on a screen, then he's gonna read it and completely change the whole yeah. the whole like speed of the game. Because he's a contact player, man. He thrives on getting that bump, driving down. Because he he expects to go to the line every time. Yeah. it's obvious. Like it, it's clearly obvious. That's his what whole he's goal. Is to go that's to the that's line. that's his goal. And if you look back at his MVP season, half of his points came from the free throw line. The the I'm pretty sure the game that he had a 60 point triple double, he took, I want to say 18, 19 free throws that night, yeah, if but, not in the 20s. Yeah, but like, the, he's not gonna do that now just because it'll be definitely rule not. Change. But at the same, I don't think he's gonna drop 60 now. No, because think about it. When he was doing his step backs, he would pump fake, then yeah. offensively go into the player. So that would be a exactly. defensive foul. Exactly. But he would jump into the defender. Exactly. That's so what he, everybody was doing. He Think about Curry. Curry and Harden are not going to get calls like that this year just because no. of that big rule change. And so that's Dang. been actually changing the way of the game because most players just automatically think, hey, that's a foul. So the game just stops. The, the game of the, the game of basketball has transformed into post-play to if you're over seven feet and can't shoot, you're not going to be looked at. Yeah. That's what it turned into. The whole game now is the you play the perimeter. Everybody's like, all right, everybody line up behind the three-point line, and then once in a while we're going to cut, yeah. and then you're open for a wide-open layup. You barely see – and there's even guys like Giannis who were strictly – just a paint guy, and now have literally revolutionized their game. He has a jumper now. Mm-hmm. Not consistent, but if he's open, not like, you know, solid seven times out of ten, six times out of ten, that's going to go in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's very interesting. And not only that, I think it's a good thing for the league because it makes the games way more entertaining. Oh, yeah. High-scoring games in basketball are the best type of games. You don't want a low-scoring game in it's basketball. It's a nail-biter. It is a nail-biter. When you have two players going back to back back and forth, just chucking up three pointers and swishing them every single time, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's why I think too the NBA has gotten so much more popular recently. I definitely think it's I think it's more popular than hockey right now, hockey and baseball. I think it goes NFL, NBA, but the NBA is catching up, man. Mm-hmm. NBA is catching up. 
I mean, I feel like the NBA is catching up just because it's like the amount of players in high school and college that just revolutionize the game. I, I just feel like it's just this generation too and this culture. It's just like it's like look at Zion. He had he already had a name in high school. Yeah. Same with same with Melo and LeBron. They, and they Le- all did. LeBron, they all did, but KG, Dwight Howard, like you know, uh, Stephon, even like Stephon Marbury, like guys like that, like even like. Guys that we wouldn't consider to be superstars, but in their time, like Ron Artest, for example, right? Bro. Defensive powerhouse. To us, we know him as Meta World Peace, and he's the guy that played with Kobe. But like mm-hmm. back then on the Pacers, he was locked down. Mm-hmm. So it just shows. It, it just it really shows the difference in generation and just kind of culture of like what people consider to be good now. Because yeah. I guarantee you, if you brought a kid in here that only watches current day NBA, he probably one wouldn't know Ron Artest, or two would say he's terrible. Mm-hmm. You know, they really don't look at the old like old mm-hmm. files. Like, nah, they don't look at old tapes from back in the day. Nah, and that that's kind of the thing too. Did you uh, really quickly too? Did you see the NBA seventy five list? Yeah. Did you agree with most of the players? No. Who did you feel was left out? Clay Thompson, Dwight Howard. If I feel like Dwight should have been on it. I feel like Dwight should have been on it. But the problem that I have with saying, like, these players should have made it and these players should have not made it, you're comparing players that played in different eras, right? So, for example, right? I'm not saying that all the, like, old players, like, all those old players that are on this list, yes, I certainly agree with. But some of these new players, some of these new players that are there, yeah, I don't agree with. And so it's like, I'm sorry, but if I were to have – if I were to pick between Dame and Clay Thompson, I would pick Clay Thompson. Hundred percent. Not even based off of the accolades, but just based off pure game, I would hundred percent just pick. He's Clay. actually classified as the greatest catch and shoot shooter of all time. Exactly. But you know, but I actually I I was shot down in this argument. I said Reggie Miller <laughs> should have made it over Clay. I don't even know if Reggie Miller. Oh no, no Reggie Miller did make, did make the list. He did. But I said Reggie Miller was a better three-point shooter than Clay Thompson. And I went back and I looked at the numbers, and you look at how – but it, that's a hard argument to say because the shooting percentages are so different, right? Mm-hmm. Reggie Miller in his best three-point shooting season only took four threes a game. Guess how many Clay took in his best? Could, I imagine, Seven or eight. I was about to say over – personally, I would say probably over ten just because exactly. of the amount of shots that they get up in the game. So – Reggie Miller shooting 44% from three or 45, but he only takes four or five threes a game. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. But then you also have Clay Thompson, who's averaging 40, you know, 40, 45 from the three, but averages like seven threes taken a game, eight threes taken a game. So, in my opinion, you know, guys that are averaging 40 from the, f- from the three right now, like Steph Curry, for instance, that's hard to do. I mean – Cause they're taking they're taking threes like it's a regular field goal shot. Yeah. These guys' three point box scores, like their attempts and makes, literally can be compared to a center putting up layups in the paint. Oh yeah, I mean if you think about it, like if we're comparing Reggie and Clay, uh, Clay has arguably the best shooter in NBA history on his team. Yes. So all teams are gonna want to double team Curry. Also a two time Defensive Player of the Year in Draymond yeah. Green. So they're gonna want to double team Curry, leave Clay open. All right, double team Clay, yeah. leave Curry open. All right, not saying double team both, but have someone in help on yeah. both of their sides. All right, then you leave two times defensive yep. uh, player of the year, Draymond, Draymond Green. Open. 
not to mention not to mention at the time when like obviously clay was having the 73 and 9 year they had harrison barnes who was Mm -hmm. still pretty solid iggy who was not washed up yet literally just came off of finals the year before that sean livingston when they were they were they were a good team and then you look at reggie miller's pacers the year that they went to the finals okay you double team reggie miller who are you gonna give the ball to Mark Jackson? <laughs> like, Literally. so from like again though, it's it's a generation thing. Mm-hmm. It's like Reggie Miller shooting forty four percent from three in an era that nobody takes from three, and when he's doubled, you have freaking Jermaine O'Neal and Mark Jackson to give you points. I mean, they're still two tough players, but it's like that game during that era was more like it was more physical so much more yeah ben wallace was mm -hmm. the poster boy yeah they didn't they didn't want to they didn't want to like shoot threes that much they'd rather just go get physically hit like after a layup or after a contact dunk and just feel like the actual like exactly power of the other player just to see like okay do i want to continue like going into the basket or should i just take mid-ranges yeah like that's the thing though like a lot of players back in the day took mid-ranges yeah. During this time and era, they did. This, like during this time and era, like I've had coaches tell me never to take a mid-range shot because it's a bad shot. Really? Yeah. They said a mid-range shot's a bad shot. Now that's what they tell you. That's what some of my coaches have been telling me. Not I'm not saying coaches here, but I'm saying like previous coaches. Like previous. Yeah, like previous coaches have told me like yeah, like don't take a midi. Like I'm like why? Because like oh it's a bad shot. I'm like how? It's if just... you get open on a screen, exactly. Take the midi. It, like. <laughs> I never heard that before. A coach telling you not to take a mid-range shot? They were trying to have so many, like, explanations on why, but I was like, no, because if I have the open shot, I'm going to take the open shot because I don't want to force a shot if I'm already coming off a screen and it's open. Like, why would I give up that shot? And I feel like a lot of the pick-and-roll game now is just the guy who's setting the pick just clears out to the line, and then if the guy that's guarding the pick sinks into you and you drive, you just pass it out. That's mm-hmm. what the pick and roll is now. I it's feel like it's tur- it turned into it's a pick and you pop drive now. in. Yeah, it's pick and pop now. Mm-hmm. If no, if you drive in and no one comes over to help, take the lay. Mm-hmm. And if it's one on one and you can outmatch the guy, take the lay. If you have the guy from the corner running over to come try to block it, just pass it out to the corner. It's a wide open shot every mm-hmm. time. Wide open shot every time. Literally, that's basketball. <laughs> that that that's basketball in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Pick and pop, pick and roll, or ISO. Mm-hmm. Or iso ball. Yeah, no. Iso ball has become a big thing in basketball now oh, too. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. like, all right. I feel like, yeah, but I feel like Kobe made that cool though. I mean, Kobe made it cool, but Jordan did it first. Jordan did do it first. He was more. Jordan was more. Just give me the ball and I'll score. I'll get a bucket. Yeah, I mean, then Kobe ball. learned from Jordan, and then Kobe, Kobe just yeah. made it a lot more pot like popular just because. Uh, Obviously, social media, but just the amount of broadcasting that yeah. was being revolutionized. Like, the amount of new networks, new means of access to watch highlights. So, Kobe making Kobe making ISO ball more popular is is what I would say. Yeah. he de- Yeah, he made it more of a kind of like a mainstream thing. Or, like, if you got a highlight on your high school tape and yeah. there's some ISO ball, like, kids would post that majorly. Mm-hmm. One last question. Who's your GOAT? Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe? And you have to tell me why. <laughs> I'll tell you mine. Are we going question or accolades with this, or are we just talking about in your pure personal game? opinion? In, in your personal opinion, if you had to pick out of the three, who, in your personal opinion, is the greatest? And I'll tell you mine. 
I think it's LeBron. Personally. I was about to say LeBron. Okay. I mean, personally, it's to me, it's either LeBron or Kobe, but I would agree with LeBron just because he revolutionized the game. Yes. For me, an accolade standpoint, it's Jordan. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. If you're going to look at accolades, it's yes, Jordan. it's Jordan. However, leadership LeBron. and being able to bring a team that has no business to the finals twice, mm-hmm. not once, but twice, 07 and the year that they beat the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals against when they went up against that Warriors team, mm-hmm. I've never seen a player like that bring a team, put the team on his back. Literally. Carry a whole organization on his back. Especially in this, and again, I mean, again, it's it's an era thing. Like, if Jordan tried to do, like, Jordan had to go up against Shaq, and I get that. I get that. LeBron also had to go up against the greatest shooter in the game. Probably of all time now. I think he's the greatest shooter of all time. Steph Curry. I don't think, yeah, I don't think anybody's done what Curry's been doing. Even guys like Ray Allen, it's mm-hmm. like, for a long time, I kept with my Celtic bias, and I still stuck with Ray Allen was the greatest three-point shooter in NBA history just because the record said it. I'm just, just after watching Curry for since his unanimous MVP in each year, just still do it again and again and again. I'm like, okay, yep, Curry yeah. took it. I mean, to me, Curry took it. Man. To me, I knew Curry, Curry was the greatest shooter of all time during that Celtics, not Celtics, Thunder game. Yeah. When he just took it. just The double OT game? Mm-hmm. Which just popped it right near half court, swished it. Yeah. You saw, you literally saw Stephen Adams and pretty much every <laughs> single Thunder fan reaction to when he when like, he made it. He was like, yeah. They knew what was going in. Yeah, like if you look at Steph's pregame warmups, like they're absurd. Steph is crazy. I used to hate Steph. I used to, and the reason why I hated Steph is because everybody else loved him. I just I I didn't like him because he wasn't the underdog at the time. Like my middle. <laughs> The way I think about it, my middle school relationship with basketball was so toxic because that was when the Warriors were in their prime and just, uh, (laughs) and just, (laughs) and literally just that whole span of me being in middle school of just seeing the Warriors every year. I was like, I can't, dude. I, I, when I tell you I had a burning hate for Draymond Green, I had a yeah. burning hate for Draymond Green. When he got suspended Game 5 in 2016, I jumped for joy. Yeah, it's not hard. not. It wasn't hard to not be like hateful towards Draymond. That was the that only time. time I'll ever say I was a Cavs fan was that 2016 <laughs> finals. But other but other than that, I've been a Celtics fan to See, die for. But um, just to get back to the uh, GOAT conversation, yeah. like – just the pure dominance of LeBron, which is is also something that just his presence. Because mm-hmm. having know? a having like a big guard, one have the passing ability, like a passing ability that he has is absurd. Yes. Two having the IQ that he has, like LeBron is probably one of the smartest players to play yes. the game. Not- just his basketball IQ is godly. Oh. And look at him. Just look at him, bro. Like no one wants to take a charge on LeBron. Even Hell if you try no. taking the charge on LeBron, you're still either gonna end up on Sports Center or end yeah. up on social media. You, I just that man. I he I he spoke about how much he puts into his body. I'm pretty sure it's like he puts over a million dollars into self care. For no, him. yeah, he has to do cryotherapy, then pay his trainers, yeah. pay his pay the people who do his basketball workouts, and then. But pay the pool, like pay his pool workouts. Like yeah. the man is spending. Like this is the thing, though. Like a lot of, 
a lot of big name athletes like LeBron, Russell, uh, Russell Wilson, even Ronaldo, like they all spend. Tom like, Brady. Tom yeah. Brady. They all spend like millions of dollars on their body just so that they could stay at this prime like condition. Like, but look at Brady. Af- he's they, they can afford it though. That's the thing though. Like, like they can afford to do this though. But that's why they're that's because that's why they're also so like, they're so um, uh, like. Like one experience, but then also like so dominant, just because yes. they have the means to do it. Like they, they 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 have they have the perks that you and I don't. Yeah, like I mean, they also one they've had their name out for a certain amount of time to where oh, they yeah. built their status yes. of oh he's top ten, top five in the league. So obviously they're gonna get paid the big bucks, and then from those big bucks, like million maybe two three million yeah. goes straight into. Recovery goes straight into their body. LeBron James signed a lifetime Nike with lifetime deal with Nike before he even got drafted. Yeah. Like <laughs> the kid was making shoes. The kid, the kid was making shoes in high school. Dude, the kid was leaving. That kid was probably planning his workout regimen for now <laughs> in high school because he had the money back then to think about it. Bro, I'm like, it was absurd hearing about a high school athlete signing with Nike, but then also um, leaving school midway through just to. Go to Nike's headquarters just to build his first shoe. Yeah, get the like, like get the mold for his foot for the first shoe. Get the colorway right. You're missing make school sure. for that. I mean, like, like at that point, at that point, what is the school gonna say? Because he's bringing recognition to the school. The school's on yeah. national television. They're on national TV every week. They're flying out to a different state every single like week, maybe every yeah. other weekend. So like, what is this, like? And but the thing is like he also. Did help the school out a lot. Oh, St. Vincent, yeah. St. Mary's, 100%. sponsored by LeBron. Pretty yeah. much, they all get Le- like all get Nike gear. They also, all get everything. Exactly, like, and also, did Jordan build his own school? Because I don't think he did that. No. LeBron has his own school in in Ohio. Yeah, he Jordan, built the school. Jordan and didn't not do the that. Ma- and I'm sure I'm I, I'm not knocking Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, I guarantee you, has done great things for charity. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying though is like. LeBron James built a school for kids, mm-hmm. you know, like that, like you never hear, like Jordan had a gambling problem. Like people for, people forget that. Like Jordan owed like $60,000 to a better from golf. Like um, it was a scandal. I mean, yeah. Like, it was but, a big scandal. But, but f- I think the thing about LeBron is you've never seen that guy in a negative light. Name one time. Name one exactly. time. You can't. You can't. You People can't. try to come like that's a thing though because you don't know what to believe about what like about the topic of LeBron. That's true. Just because one like we've seen him in such a good light for all these years to where like that's what if makes anything him- bad is said about his name, people immediately don't believe it just because it's like oh he has a school oh he did so much for this foundation for that foundation oh he's doing this for this kid yeah. for this school like I just feel like though. We've seen him enough as a man and as a person for us to believe that he yeah. wouldn't do anything yeah, like no. that. I, I just, I just, I feel like though that's what makes him kind of more popular than Jordan in a in an aspect of this generation. He is the role model that parents want their kids yeah. to look up to if they want to go to sports. Like if 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 you want an athlete role model, it's LeBron. It's LeBron. It's LeBron. Think he, about it. You're selfless. You're a millionaire. And you're a god at the sport. He's, to me, he's very family oriented. Like no matter he what he it, does, he puts his family first. Like no matter if it's going to an AAU tournament to see to watch both of his sons play, or he even came here. 
Come see his hey, LeBron came. came to Springfield, Mass. to watch his son play in the Hoopal Classic mm-hmm. and Blake. Like, that's dedication. That's dedication. He's like, there for his kid. They're all there for their kids, though. Yeah, Shaq, but- Shaq's, uh, Shaq was here when Sharif was here. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you see D-Wade at every Zaire game. Mm-hmm. You see Melo at every kid. At the, that's at the thing. Of, like, that's the thing, though. I feel like in the NBA, a lot of those guys are family-oriented. You know, like it. I, the one thing I love about the NBA, it sends a. It really does send a great family-oriented message. Like, look at these guys off the court. You know, like oh, yeah. not all of them are crazy. Yeah, because it's like they're, <laughs> they're playing, adults. They're m- kid, People forget. Like, th- there's kids in our. There's kids our age that are in the NBA right now. Yeah. Like, like a lot of people forget that, and I forget that. Like, there's a kid my age right now mm-hmm. on a plane going to play Portland. God knows, like yeah. it's crazy. But people also forget there's adults in this league. That's a thing. So like, you know, the league is like the league season is so vigorous to where it's like any chance that these like older players get to like get to have to go see their families, go be with their families, they're gonna take that opportunity in a 100%. heartbeat. So like LeBron having time off to go watch Bronny or Bryce play, or even just to be with his daughter. Like, at the house. Yes. Like, he would take that in a heartbeat mm-hmm. in any second just because he's on the road every day. He's training every day. He's working out every day to provide – not to pro- like uh, to provide for the family, but also just to maintain his status, maintain, like, yeah. his overall goal in the league. Like, 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 there are some players who just take the money, spend it, end up bankrupt in, like, a few years. Look like, at Antoine Walker, man. Celtics legend went broke, mm-hmm. spent all of his money. Went broke. You even got earlier this year. They had. Did you hear about the big? Um, what was it? That M- MBPA, the National Basketball Players Association, mm-hmm. like their health fund. Tony Allen, Glenn Davis, I think scummed uh, like a bunch of old players. Scum- like took four million out of the fund and used it for himself. Yeah. You got like. You got guys like that that don't know how to save their money. That's, that's the thing, though, because they get – that's the thing, though. Like, nowadays, rookies tend to have financial advisors. Yes. They tend – the first the first money they spend is on a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, like, take, take Shaq, for instance. Shaq, in, a, in an interview that Shaq was in, he was like, yeah, when he got his first NBA check, bought an all-black Benz, blacked out, yeah. everything. It was like 100, 100 G right there. Mm-hmm. His dad asked him for like his dad said where it was his, got his dad the same exact car. <laughs> yeah. Bought his mom a brand new car too. Went to Walmart, dropped a like dropped a bag at Walmart. Yeah. Like these like he even then like he said like the couple days later he got a call from from, from like the bank saying like hey like you have no more money. <laughs> like these players like some of these young kids just come into the league, get this money don't know what to do with it they just spend it but at the same time that's what most of them come for you know like you could have so like someone like i don't know who 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 would be a good example i'm just thinking of this. say like josh giddy okay he he's the first player that comes to mind right top draft pick right lottery pick mm-hmm. pretty good player when you're when you're a top five pick in the draft, you automatically get like what two hundred and fifty thousand dollar contracts, something crazy like that. You get a good amount of like money. A signing but, bonus, or yeah. You get contract? like like signing bonus. You get a good amount of yeah, like, You get a good bonus if you're 
Most people don't know that. In the draft, if you're a lottery pick, like top 10 pick, you get a hefty signing bonus. Oh, yeah. Like, Cade and Jalen are making, like, six to nine million yeah, right now. Off, as like, rookies. As, as a rookie. As a rookie. Like, and then you got guys that are 38 years old, 49 years old, that are, are like, Dennis, for instance, Dennis Schroeder, who's making two. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but, like. And he's been in the league a lot longer than. But Jalen Green, like. I would yeah. give Jalen Green a hundred million dollars if I could right now. He's like Jalen Green. He's my pick for rookie of the year. No, no, he he is rookie. Of the year. I mean, okay, my top two for rookie of the year is Jalen Green and Scotty Barnes. Interesting. I have Jalen Green and Evan Mobley. If you've watched Evan Mobley, if you like just on the Cavs, mm-hmm. so good, man. On defense, he's nasty. On Oh, he is, but he is nice. Scotty Barnes, though, I definitely in see my that. eyes, Scotty's just just a smaller Giannis, just because he can carry the length of the floor in three dribbles, two dribbles, like he's, he's just, on Toronto. I mean, he's on Toronto, but like it's not like he got the choice to go to Toronto. No, I know. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Tor- like Toronto has a chip now, but it's like your your best player is Freddie. Yeah. At twenty eight, like, you know your best players are. Fred Freddie Van and Van Spicy Lee P and, and Lily Pascal Siakam. who had his one year and then they figured out how to guard him by just don't let him hit you with the spin. <laughs> Literally, so <laughs> that, that, like, that's 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 how that's how uh, that's how you uh, you know that's how you guard Spicy. That's how yeah. you guard Pascal Siakam. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like no matter what team you're go- like you go to, you're gonna get the gonna get like the tools to improve your game. You're gonna get the tools just to like. View the game differently yeah. from those older players. So. Yeah, that well, yeah. I mean, you know, for someone like Evan Mobley, I bet having someone like Jared Allen, Jared Allen, and Kevin Love around is mm-hmm. definitely valuable to him. Shit, even oh, even Larry Nance, <laughs> like even Larry Nance. Yeah, like, having all those. Oh, and Ricky Rubio. Yeah, like, Ricky Rubio's on the team now. Hey, like Ricky's played with great bigs, so he knows he knows how, like what to do. So Ricky's. Dude, Ricky's been around the block, man. Dude, Ricky's been on a lot of teams. Ricky has been on a lot of teams. He's been in the league for a while. <laughs> yeah, man. He's been in the league for a while. What what year did he get drafted? I want to say 2011. No, I thought it was way earlier. Was it that. earlier than that? I thought it was like 09. Let's <laughs> look this up. Ricky Rubio. But this might be Lou Will's last year. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. That's going to be tough for greatest, some people. Greatest bench player of all time, in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I have Jamal Crawford. Oh, Two thousand nine, Ricky Rubio. Two thousand nine, so twelve years. So yeah, twelve years. He got drafted by Minnesota, right? Yeah, he got. Yeah, he was a Minnesota. His best year was Utah. That's right. His best year was on Utah. That's right. His best year was in Utah. I mean, well, that's where he was most successful. Was on Utah. Yeah. Because that was the. I'm pretty sure that's the only team he was on that made the playoffs, ever. Let's see. Uh, mm. He played for Minnesota. I know he played for Phoenix at a certain point. He played for Phoenix 2019, but that was the year before they got Chris Paul. Yeah. He got traded back to Minnesota, and then he finished out the year on Minnesota and then went to Cleveland this year. But he played from Minnesota from 2011 to 16 and then I remember oh yeah that's right and then he got traded um from Minnesota to Utah I forget what Utah traded I forget that trade but yeah 
All right, my friend. Well, that's what's that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Foul Line Podcast. Again, huge thank you to Zeke for coming out. I really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. And uh, be sure to keep on posted for any more episodes coming out for the Foul Line as well as any other episodes on the Birthplace Studios Network. I am your host, is Nick Sterlazzi, signing off with Zeke. It has been a pleasure, and I will catch you all next episode.